Blog Talk Radio. It's Thursday, and that means it's another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America, Mike Bozich, alongside of Mike Carter. And Mike Carter, it could be a rough ride tonight, my friend, because I am running the studio. So <laughs> strap your seatbelt. <laughs> it's going to be a long first over grind, my friend. Listen, strap in, hold on tight, guys, because, uh, you know, uh, Bozich is on the control panel. We've got a great show coming up here tonight on this Thursday evening. We're going to talk a little bit of wiggle it, jiggle it, if I can get my show lock to come up. Uh, we're going to talk wiggle it, jiggle it here in just a little bit with Pete Iavino from Saratoga Raceway and Casino. We're also going to talk to Amanda Jackson, Mike, the uh, – the horsemen in Virginia are gearing up for another meet at the Shenandoah County Fair, which is now going to be named Shenandoah Downs. And uh, Amanda's going to talk to us a little bit about that. But, Mike, the video that I just saw on Facebook, uh, they have done some fantastic work to that racetrack. Yeah, they certainly have, and I know uh, they're looking forward to it. And as a matter of fact, Mike, you're going to get the opportunity to call the first race over the, the new racetrack. Am I right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going down for the fair, and uh, I'm going to call the first race over the new track, and uh, it's it's very exciting, and it's an honor. You know, Roger Houston's been in that booth. Scott Warren's been in that booth. You know, a lot of us, but you've been in that booth, and uh, it's going to be an honor to be able to call the very first race that uh, that the new racetrack holds. 
Well, certainly. Also on the program, as a matter of fact, he's going to lead it off here in just a moment, trainer Ron Adams, and he is the trainer of Lady Shadow. And we talk about all the fantastic performances, Mike, that we saw last Saturday at the Meadowlands, and Lady Shadow may have overshadowed him, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Actually went the mile at an eighth faster than always be, Mickey. So we'll talk to uh, Ron Adams about that. Plus, uh, our Racing Under Saddle series continues. Maria Buchanan, they had a big event. A big racing under saddle event on Sunday at Ocean Downs in Ocean City, Maryland. And Maria Buchanan with a fantastic ride to finish second. We'll talk to her. Stephanie Jacobs was the winner in that race, by the way, with uh, Mr. ProTab. And uh, Stephanie, we had on this show earlier. And our Running Aces segment continues. Uh, our good friend Darren Gagne, the fine track announcer up there, had a chance to sit down and talk with Jim Marino, who recently got his 2000th driving win. So uh, that's on tap as well. We've got a jam-packed show, a busy show. As I like to say, Mike, we've got a little in it for everybody. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. When we come back, it's trainer Ron Adams. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And without further ado, it's time to bring in the fine trainer of Lady Shadow amongst others, Ron Adams. Ron, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. We certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. And I have to tell you, and I was just looking at the charts once again uh, from last Saturday at the Meadowlands with all the great horses and all the great performances that we saw with Control the Moment and Southwind Frank and Always Be Mickey, and the list goes on and on. The Golden Girls was all the way down at race number 12. I think everybody was kind of spent, and just unbelievable effort by Lady Shadow. I mean, she outpaced Always Be Mickey, if you want to be technical, by three-fifths of a second. Was this something that kind of took you by surprise? Oh, definitely. I'm still still in cloud nine. It's still hard to believe. It hasn't really set in yet, I don't think. No, certainly, and uh, it was just an unbelievable effort. I mean, the horse just won going away. Ron, talk a little bit about her performance as you were watching uh, watching it unfold. Well, at the quarter pole, I was pretty nervous. I seen it flash up 24-4, and four, and I thought maybe that might be a mistake at first, and then I knew they were still rolling along pretty good, and 
Yannick was kind of just on the slow grind to the front. And I mean, quarters like that usually come to sting you late in the mile. So I was, when she came off the last turn, she was still pacing hard. I was pretty confident in her. Now, Ron, Mike Carter here. Now, talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the, the the trip that she got. You know, she's been kind of not really off the radar, but the 24-4 and four opening quarter was one of the fastest I've ever seen. Were you expecting her to go as fast as she did and uh, come home just as quick as uh, she started? Um, I don't know if I was expecting it, but uh, I just uh, – usually late in the mile, like quarters like that, especially when you're parked, get you beat. So, for her to keep pacing and pacing strong, I mean – I, I was very impressed with her. She she even shocked me, and I'm a, I'm her biggest fan. Trainer Ron Adams joins us on the program. Trainer of Lady Shadow, amongst others. Uh, Ron, tell us a little bit about uh, Lady Shadow, how she is a little bit from the racetrack, and maybe a little bit about her background. Um, I mean, she's been a great mare her whole career. Uh, she raced uh, for Greg McNair up here in like the Ontario Sire Stakes graduate, and she did well. It's like she paced 49 at three. Uh, winning 49 at three, made about 500,000. And then at the beginning of her four-year-old year, we got the phone call that she was for sale, and I was happy we could put a deal together and get her bought. I knew that she was a great mare. And I just I hope she could step up and go with them, and she has proved, she proved herself. Now, Ron, what's the schedule like for uh, Lady Shadow throughout the rest of 2016? Um, she's basically eligible to all the big races, and as long as she stays healthy, that we'll, we're planning on going to them all, I think. That's the... Uh, the mayors don't have an overly busy schedule, so there's a few gaps in between and just look for some opens and stuff like that. But I'm hoping she's going to go to be healthy and ready to go for all the big races. Ron, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the other horses in your stable. Uh, give us some of the horses uh, that you think uh, could be in line for some big efforts maybe in the next couple of weeks. I got a couple uh, – a nice group of two-year-olds. I got four of them that are left going. Uh, they're actually all in on Grand River on Monday. Uh, one Colts in the Battle of Waterloo, nice little Camelot Colts, and I got three Phillies in the Battle of the Bells. Um, they're all limbs this week. I like them all. They all got some. They all got shots, so I I think they all should be good. All right, and uh, you know you talk about Lady Shadow, and you talk about some of these other horses. Um, you know, in getting back to Lady Shadow, when you talk about the depth of the field that she faced. Um, Androvet. I mean, all the money that she's made, all the great mares in that particular race. Divine Caroline, what a year she had last year. Devil Child was in that particular race. Uh, Venus Delight, who won the Betsy Ross at Harris, Philadelphia, my neck of the woods, was in that particular race. Uh, what does it mean to you to not only be able to go toe-to-toe with some of these great mares, which, quite frankly, could go down as some of the greatest mares of all time, but uh, to actually beat them and win a race of that magnitude? Yeah, I mean, it was my first time out of the Meadowlands, the new Meadowlands grandstand, and my first time racing there as a trainer. It was pretty cool. I mean, to beat those mares, they're tough. They keep coming at you. You never know which one's going to step up and go a huge mile any any given night. I mean, Androvet, she's just a war horse. And the other ones, they all can step up and go big miles too. And, I mean, just she was ready. She went a couple big miles up here in Canada, and we prepped her right, and she went a big mile. I'm hoping that she can stay healthy and go another big mile here on Hambo Day. Sounds fantastic. And real quick, Ron, before we let you go, let's let's get into a little bit uh, about yourself. How did you get started in the industry? Um, I'm kind of a third-generation horseman. My grandparents, they built a farm in Windsor back in the 60s, and that's kind of where we've been. My parents are both in it, met in the horse business. 
And I started out, I worked for Bob McIntosh, breaking Colts, and he had a lot of nice horses we campaigned over the years, and I was there for about five years. That's kind of how I got, I started on the Grand Circuit, and I always wanted to have one of my own, and started my own stable and four or five years ago, and I've kind of had a lot of success. You talk about a guy like Bob McIntosh, certainly one of the legends in this industry. What is some of the importance that maybe you can convey to some of the younger trainers that are coming up in this industry to learn from somebody like Bob McIntosh? How important is it? Oh, it's definitely important. I mean, he taught me a lot. There's a lot of foundation for babies and stuff like that. It's it's hard to find good good trainers, baby trainers, and I learned a lot from him. He definitely uh, taught me how to bring a, a young horse along and how to even campaign a grand circuit horse. I mean, they, their schedules are tough, and they can go all over, and just to keep them fit and ready to race all the time, it's, it's tough. Well, Ron, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and uh, good luck with your stable in the future, and we'll certainly be watching for Lady Shadow. Perfect. Thanks a lot. She's got a lot of fans now. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, thank you, my, uh, my friend. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was Ron Adams, trainer of Lady Shadow, and uh, Mike, I think she might have stole the show. I mean, like I say, you know, we we you watched all the great performances from Control the Moment in the Meadowlands Pace and the Houghton with Always Be Mickey and the two great trotters, Southwind Frank and Marion Marauder, uh, which are basically in a getting set to clash in the Hamiltonian. And then at the end of that card, here comes Lady Shadow with this unbelievable performance. I mean, it was you know, certainly it's unbelievable. Funny, Mike, it's funny, Mike. It's funny you mentioned that because the twenty-four and four quarter when it popped up, I was in our TV department, um, and I just completely, completely, completely shocked and blown away by just how fast and how good Lady Shadow raced. I mean, she just, you know, she looked very sharp on the track, and you know, it ended what was a huge night of racing at the Meadowlands. I mean, always be Mickey went, uh, I believe, two hundred one flat, if I'm correct, and then of course you had about maybe 45 minutes later, Lady Shadow comes up and, uh, you know, she just put on an immaculate performance and we, uh, we just hope she stays healthy throughout the season. Yeah, when we were talking about that race, Mike, when we were handicapping it a little bit, we talked about Androvet and, and some of the other horses, and we thought maybe that Androvet from the second tier, uh, and she's won these big races so many times, and she's done so so many times at big odds, uh, and she was high in the morning line. We thought for sure that maybe, you know, hey, this is the spot for Androvet. And I have to tell you, I mean, as I was watching the race unfold, you know, when Lady Shadow was setting those monstrous fractions, I'm thinking to myself, okay, she's going to tie her through the field, and she never did. She just stayed on. By the way, always be Mickey went 0-1-1 and for the mile and an eighth, and Lady Shadow went two minutes and three for the mile and an eighth. That's quite a performance, Mike. No, I'm not taking anything away from anybody that night. It was a big, uh, big night, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Andrew Vett didn't do too well. But, Mike, I did have eight winners on Meadowlands Pace night. I want to I want to make that known right now. Um, I, yeah, you know what? For, uh, <laughs> I knew we you were, were going to sneak that in it. there. I knew that would, but that's a, that's Listen, a tremendous accomplishment, Mike. Dude, we were we were talking about this last week on the show about the Hannah contest and you yeah. know all it takes is one good week and sure enough I pop in with eight winners and uh you know I moved from like third from last to eighth. So we're uh we're doing good. We're doing well and um uh, you know our sponsor new vocations is uh it hopefully will be happy with me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Listen, we've got a break to thank. When we come back, Maria Buchanan's going to join us. We're going to talk some racing under saddle. They had a big race uh, on Sunday at Ocean City. It was a great, great race. And uh, Maria Buchanan was uh, right there. I mean, she just finished second, nearly beating Stephanie Jacobs. We'll talk to her about that race and a little bit about herself when we come back. You've got this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter, still plenty left on this program. Amanda Jackson will be joining us. She's going to talk some Virginia harness racing. They are preparing the Shenandoah County Fairgrounds in Virginia for a paramutual harness meet, and uh, that is uh, coming up uh, probably about 725 or so. Saratoga Race Secretary Pete Iovino is going to join us around the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk some Garrity uh, featuring Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and we'll also have our racing, or excuse me, our Running Aces uh, Casino and Racetrack segment. Darren Gagne had a chance to sit down and talk with Jim Marino, who just picked up his 2000th driving win. But first, it's Maria Buchanan, racing under saddle rider. Hi, Maria. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? We certainly appreciate you joining us on the program. And, and, uh, I'm glad to be here. Into, well, we appreciate that. And before we get into the big race at Ocean City, uh, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that, and we'll talk about the atmosphere there. I heard there was a fantastic crowd there. Um, let's talk a little bit about yourself and your involvement okay. and how you got interested in racing on the saddle. Um, a few, I've been riding my whole life. I grew up in the harness business, and uh, I've been a groom for the past 10 years. And when Harness uh, RUS started getting bigger, I got a ride for Ronnie Burke a few years ago on Celebrity Playboy, and he taught me all I know. And uh, we had a great couple years. And then I've just been trying to follow the circuit and try to help with getting it to be more recognized as well. 
And I think there's more of an effort to do so. Um, we've had this racing under saddle segment mm-hmm. uh, presented by our uh, good friends at uh, Friends of Maryland Standard Breads, and we've had mm-hmm. this now probably for the better part of a month and a half. And, yeah. you know, you hear the passion. I mean, we talked to Karen Carlson. We talked yeah. to Stephanie Jacobs. Uh, we talked to Clarissa Coughlin. We talked to mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Kopiak. Um, just yeah. all these players that are very passionate about making racing yeah. under saddle work. Where would you like to see racing under saddle go? What's kind of uh, your end game in your opinion? Um, I would love to, even if it was just like a circuit the amateurs have, where we could like travel to different tracks. I mean, obviously, it would be great if we could have a race or two on most week night cards. That would be fantastic. But I'd be happy with just having a decent circuit going where we could race more than a couple times a year and really get the horses to, like, get experience. Because that's a lot of the problem now is they don't have the experience that they need. So the more racing we could get, the more qualifiers we could get would be huge. Visiting live with Maria Buchanan. Um, Maria, let's talk about the race at Ocean City. It was okay. this past Sunday. Um, yeah. And it, first of all, let's take it from a, pan, a fan's perspective. And, you know, okay. to be very honest, and I, I think you probably know this, uh, to harness mm-hmm. racing fans or to really horse racing fans in general, this is a new concept, uh, racing under saddle. Right. It's a lot more popular overseas right now than it is here in America. So mm-hmm. it's a new concept. Now, um, from judging by the fans at Ocean City, and and, and I have to tell you, the fans at Ocean City, and I've I've called Mm -hmm. there, I've announced there, the fans at Ocean City are a little bit different than the fans at a a racetrack because it's a resort town, and it's it's really, they they come out there for for pleasure. It's not really a a whole lot of serious gambling, but it's, you know, you Mm -hmm. get a good crowd for the pleasure. The family night. Exactly. How did you feel uh, that the fans there that night, it looked like there was a great crowd. How did you feel that uh, they accepted racing under saddle? Did they like it? Were they just kind of in the middle? How did you feel they uh, they accepted it? No, I find that the fans are really excited about it because we're showing them something else that the breed can do, and we're showing them that they don't just sit in the sulky and go around. They're very versatile and we can do more with them. And a lot of people say they wish they could bet on it. So, like, that's also a part of our end game is to try to get gambling on it so that we can support ourselves more than just sponsored races. And I really think the fans do enjoy it, and it's something different for them to come out and see. Coming into the race at Ocean Downs, were you nervous? Um, yeah, I still get a little nervous, especially uh, as we're riding out. But once I get behind the starting gate, it usually uh, pretty much goes away, and I let the horse uh, just do his job pretty much. Now take us through the race uh, at Ocean Downs. Mm-hmm. How did the race unfold? First of all, tell us the horse you had, and secondly, yep. tell us uh, how the race unfolded for you. Okay, I was riding Highway Marcus. We actually won it last year. Um, last year he was trained by Francisco Del Cid, and he's currently in the Burke Barn right now. And he's a little hotter than he was last year, so as the gates unfolded, we went straight to the front. He uh, He's a little grabbier than he used to be. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I was able to back down the middle half, but uh, coming for home, he was running in a little bit, and we got a little tired, and Stephanie Jacobs rode a great race, and she got us at the end. All right. Was uh... – 
explain a little bit of the camaraderie. Is there a lot of camaraderie? Because, I mean, it seems like racing under – it seems like there's only a set of num- number of riders. So uh, really on the circuit, you're riding against – I guess kind of like harness drivers. You're riding against the same people mm-hmm. a lot of times. Is there a camaraderie that exists uh, kind of in the back uh, or competitive – or the competitive juice is flowing? Oh, most definitely. There's, we're definitely friends, and then we're also competitive. We all want to do our best, and we all want to get to the winner's circle. But at the end, we're all, most of us uh, get along, and we're all friends. And we really just want to try to build the sport at this time. So we're trying to, like, stick together and put on a good show, and we want it to succeed. We don't all just go out there to go uh, guns blazing. So we try to really put on a good show at the same time while we're building up the sport. Right, and that's so important. Maria, before we let you go, I'm going to let yeah. you make the case. You got you got about a got about a minute, maybe just a little bit over. Okay? okay. I'm a racetrack I'm a racetrack executive and you are the head of racing under saddle. Make the case to me why we should have racing under saddle at a paramutual racetrack and uh, available for paramutual wagering. Oh boy, you're putting the pressure on. Okay, <laughs> um I would say it's also another way for a horse that maybe is not fast enough to go in a paramutual race they have another outlet where they can succeed in um some horses are get sour being in the car all the time they really seem to thrive with the racing under saddle for example highway marcus he wasn't doing that well i qualified him under saddle and he won two in a row like it they really seem to thrive with the different style and I believe the fans will enjoy it, and it's something that they want to come out and see, and they're interested in betting on it. Canada's got betting, and they seem to really be picking up. So I think it's a, a future for the sport. And I think the main thing is is that it's different, and people like every once in a mm-hmm. while, people like something different. And, uh, yeah, you know, they exactly. see racing under saddle, and it's it's something different. Um, you know, harness yep, racing is great. To come Exactly. Harness racing is great. It's exciting, but you know what? Racing under saddle is too, and it's something different. And I think it's, uh, it's, it could be a good change of pace on a menu for a gambler. I agree. And I think once we get the experience that we need and the horses get the experience that we need, we can put on just a good of a show as the harness horses do in their races and the catch drivers. Maria, we did. You did fantastic. We certainly appreciate you joining us on the program. And uh, what's Thank ahead, you for uh, having Maria me. Buchanan? Where are you where are you headed to next? Um, I'm hoping to maybe get out to Tioga on August seventh, but uh, we haven't made any set plans yet. Okay, sounds good, Maria. We appreciate you joining us, and best of luck to you in the future. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All right, that was uh, Maria Buchanan joining the program. And, uh, Mike, uh, you know, we've been going through this racing under saddle thing. This has been going on for the last couple of months. Uh, We've been reading where they've established a website. They've established uh, some unity. They know exactly what they want to do. They know what their end game is. They want to get it into into the paramutual circle. And it seems like that they're starting to make a push to do that, and it looks like there's some interest. No, definitely, and. You know, there's wagering on racing under saddle in Canada um, already, and uh, people seem to really enjoy it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what comes of it here in the U.S. 
All right. Amanda Jackson's in the uh, in the on-deck circle. And, uh, Mike, you're going to spearhead this one because this is uh, your neck of the woods. You've been uh, participating in Virginia Harness Racing for quite some time. And, it's uh, listen, it's a new and exciting time for Virginia Harness Racing. So Amanda Jackson is coming up next. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Welcome to Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Porter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're now joined by Amanda Jackson from Virginia, who is one of the uh, people who helped spearhead the uh, racing effort in Virginia. Amanda, uh, welcome to the show, first of all. And uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, how Shenandoah Downs uh, came about. Um, well, we were looking for somewhere to expand the racing in Virginia. And unfortunately, with Colonial shutting down, we were limited in the opportunities that were out there as you well know we raced to Oak Ridge last year, but that was um, a limited opportunity due to the fact that they rent that place out for other events throughout the year. So the only time we could really work our schedule in was for those two weekends. And Woodstock has always had the fair, and it was a great opportunity for us to make a partnership with them and to move forward. And they really wanted to work with us and be able to build upon what was already there. And we jumped on the situation and just rolled with it. Amanda, Mike Bozich here. Um, a lot of people may not be familiar with Virginia Harness Racing, and I know that Colonial played a big part of it, uh, not in the too distant past, uh, to be quite honest with you, and there were some issues there. Can you take us back a little bit uh, in the, maybe not the infancy days, but a little bit back in the time machine, a little bit of Virginia Harness Racing? Uh, well, when I first got into the business, um, Colonial was where we started racing at, and we had a eight-week meet, I think it was, eight, ten weeks, uh, where we raced four days a week. We got a pretty good turnout. Everything was going great. We saw, unfortunately, the thoroughbreds and Colonial um, came upon the situation where they were unable to negotiate a contract, so the thoroughbreds went a whole year without racing. The Harness Association had a valid contract and thought, you know, we'd still be able to go forward and have a I meet there, and Colonial decided, nope, they were done, and they kind of just shut everything down across the board. 
and then you know then then you guys were uh, and then you went to Oak Ridge as you mentioned um but then the Shenandoah Downs thing came into play and Betsy Brown uh who uh, both myself and Mike Carter and uh, our friends with on Facebook put a video up today as a matter of fact probably about a half hour before the show started and I was happy that I had a chance to catch it because it looks like that the progress that is being made and, and for the let's give a little bit of the backstory because I called it a uh, the, the Wine and Trotter Festival last year. I know Mike Carter's had extensive experience in that booth, but the track, I believe, was five wide initially, right, Amanda? That is correct, and um, the way that the renovations have progressed, we are going to be able to start eight wide. So, you know, it's the Coons Brothers have done an exceptional job. Um, I saw the video as well today that Betsy posted, and it really shows how well the track has come along. Our track superintendent, um, J.D., has told us that he thinks that it's going to be done in the next week, week and a half, and that he can really just start working the track over the next couple of weeks to make sure the foundation is all coming together and we'll be ready for the Woodstock Fair prior to Shenandoah's Downs opening. Yeah, and it took, uh, I'll tell you what, it didn't take no time. I mean, it seemed like just a couple of weeks ago, some of the pictures that we saw, I mean, you know, you look at that and you're, you're like, wow, is there even a track there? But, I mean, the progress that they have made so soon, there was a stage in the middle, and I'm going by memory here, Amanda, so if my memory's uh, failing me, please correct me, uh, but there was uh, some kind of stage in the middle, they had to tear that down. Um, the grandstand is still there, right? That, that hasn't changed. No, the grandstand is still currently in the same position it was, and um, you are correct that there was a, a concert stage um, on the infield, and they did move that, and that will be repositioned um, at another area with on the ground. Um, but, yeah, the same pictures that everyone saw on Facebook, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, there's no way this is going to be ready in time. They did get behind a little bit with the weather since we did have a little bit more um, rain than normal, but they have really pulled it together and has brought things to to a point where it looks like, by the end of August, we're ready for some racing. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, I know Mike just rejoined the broadcast. Mike, we just got through talking about the racetrack at Shenandoah Downs and the progress that they've made. And, of course, you've uh, called in that booth. You've got a lot of experience in that booth. The stage that was in the middle is torn down, and uh, it seems like the track renovations, Mike, are coming out fantastic. Yeah, they definitely are, and uh, Amanda, I got to tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to call the very first race at the uh, at the fair. But Amanda, aside from Shenandoah, tell us a little bit about you know your your grassroots and uh, you know how you got involved in uh, Virginia racing. Um, well, we have had standard breads the majority of my life, but we did not race them. We would get them and um, break them to ride and resell them and give them the you know afterlife racing kind of thing where people would trail ride them and show them, and then we stumbled upon one that looked like it had a little bit more potential and Charlie Donovan, Dr. Donovan, who was a part of big spearhead of Virginia racing, gave me a good opportunity and helped me race that horse and I decided that I wanted to do some more on my own and got my own license and me and my husband and father and kind of have a little small stable. We only currently have five horses but we have quite a few yearlings and weanlings for the upcoming season and are hoping to stay involved as much as possible. All right. Now, for um, first of all, for horsemen that might be listening, um, if they wish uh, maybe to come down and, and race a little bit in Virginia, how can they go about doing so, and where can they get some information? On um, the website for the Virginia Harness Association, it's um, the vhha.net. Um, there's a stall application on there. There is a list as well of local hotels, and um, it gives you information about that because they are given a horseman discount. Um, 
The fairgrounds does have a small area in the back where they are going to allow people, if they had a camper or um, a horse trailer with living coolers that they would like to hook up to, they could use the electric there. And um, there's going to be stabling for over 100 horses. I do believe um, we're currently up to like 120, maybe 130 stalls for people. Um, I do think the stall applications are due by August the 8th. And if I remember correctly, that's but the date is specific on the stall application, but I do believe it's August 8th. Um, racing starts the weekend of September the 10th and goes through October the 9th, so we do have five weekends of racing. Hopefully in the future, if we can build upon that, we can add a few more weekends to that, but we're really looking um, for this year just for those five weekends. And I really think that we're going to have a good turnout. I've heard some good things from people that are looking forward to coming down and hopefully we'll be updating the website to keep everybody informed as much as possible. All right. Well, listen, Amanda, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, stay tuned also to our social media pages uh, on Twitter, Post Time with Mike and Mike, and Facebook, because we will certainly update all the progress that is being made on the racetrack and, uh, you know, race dates and so forth. And uh, listen, it's an exciting time, Amanda, and we certainly wish you all the best of luck. And I know uh, Mike Carter's coming down there for the fair, and I think I'll be down there a day. It's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun and all getting ready for Paramutual. It's going to be a blast. Well, we appreciate all the support that y'all have given us, and I look forward to seeing everybody as they come. All right, Amanda, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, you too. That was Amanda uh, Jackson, Mike. And uh, I'll tell you, this has to be an exciting time for Virginia Harness Racing. Like I say, I know you've uh, you've been a part of that, and that's uh, you know kind of where you got your experience at a little bit. And it, uh, it has to be kind of special to you uh, to see this thing come to fruition because this was really an undertaking. Yeah, completely. Yeah, definitely, Mike. I got to tell you, it's uh, you know, being at Shenandoah for the last few years is uh, been a lot of fun, and to see them be able to do what they've done with this racetrack is just absolutely amazing. And uh, you know, I can't wait to get started, and I can't wait to see the Paramutual Racing begin. All right. We've got plenty more left on this program. Uh, our good friend Darren Gagne from Running Aces had a chance to sit down and talk with Jim Marino. We'll have that. Jim Marino just picked up his 2000th win. Plus, we've got a treat for everybody. The race secretary at Saratoga, uh, Pete Iavino, will be joining us on the program here in just a few minutes. He's on the on-deck circle. He's getting ready to talk some wiggle it, jiggle it, and some Garrity. What a great field that is. We're certainly looking forward to that. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at Bet America. We'll be back. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way.
Mike. All right, we're back on post time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. Don't forget our running aces segments coming up there. And Ghani had a chance to sit down and talk with Jim Marino. A great interview. He picked up his 2000th driving win. And we'll also hear what's going on at running aces. Uh, a lot of uh, harness racing action, good harness racing action this week. You've got the Zwei uh, coming up at Vernon on Sunday. You've got the uh, Adios. Uh, featuring Racing Hill, and uh, I think Ron Burke, Mike, has got 6 of 12 in the Adios, by the way, two divisions, eliminations, and uh, we'll break that down. Uh, Racing Hill is in that particular uh, one of the eliminations, and we'll talk uh, about that in just a moment. But first of all, we're talking Joe Garrity Memorial, and our man Pete Iovino, the uh, race secretary at Saratoga, is uh, joining us on the program. Pete, how goes it? It's going pretty well, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. We're really excited about this race coming up on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic race and a fantastic card, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But listen, I, I do have a very important question to ask you before we get down to business. And, uh, you know, I saw this thing on Facebook about a week ago, and I got to thinking, and, you know, this has to be you, because Matt Rose, okay, Matt Rose, our good friend Matt Rose, you know Matt very well, right, Pete? Sure, yes, I do. <laughs> okay, he, the comment, eight is Wheaties. On a horse. I saw this. He put a comment. Eight is Wheaties. And I said, there is no way that one Matt Rose came up with that on his own. This had to come from Iovino. Did this come from you or is this a, is this a Matt Rose creation? That actually did not come from me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Matt, much, much like Matt, though. I have to agree with you on that one. Um, it, I guess it depends on which particular track that comment was from. It could have been a number of people, but I can't take credit for that one, although it is pretty creative. Well, he's the one. He's the one that depended, by the way, officially. And I maybe Hernan had something to do with it. You know, him and Hernan are in the same booth up there, and and maybe uh, maybe John was uh, able to help him out with that. But uh, listen, a big uh, big card coming up on Saturday. You've got the Garrity uh, Wiggle It Jiggle. It's making an appearance six to five in the morning line. Certainly deserves uh, to be, and is hooking up with his old nemesis, Biddable Legend, uh, who uh, draws post one after getting a tightener from post eight at Yonkers. Uh, first of all this has to be a thrill uh, for you guys to have a race of this magnitude up there. Well, it's a thrill for, for myself, obviously, but it's also a great thrill for all the loyal harness racing fans that we have here at Saratoga that come on a nightly basis to view our product. And the horsemen here are excited. There's a buzz around the track that I haven't heard in quite some time. And, and I mean, it's not too often that we get to see a reigning horse of the year and, some, and, and a horse that's so special like Wiggle It Jiggle It. So to say we're stoked is an understatement. We can't wait. We thank the connections, George Teague and everyone, to, from bringing the horse up here. And, you know, we just can't wait for Saturday night and get this thing rolling. Now, Pete, did they, did they call you, or was this kind of like a, hey, you know, let's play it by ear type of thing? Or how did, this, uh, how did him showing up uh, come about? Well, the, the, the way the rules of the race is written is that the top eight earners of the year that, that nominate to it, all you have to do is just pay a nomination fee, and the top eight earners are automatically going to get in, you know, as long as they enter the race. I did reach out to George a couple of weeks ago just to see if he had any interest so I can kind of get an idea on how we might want to promote the race. And uh, his feeling was as long as Wiggle It Jiggle It was sound and ready to race that he was going to be here, and uh, that, that was the right answer. That was exactly what we were looking for, so... And, and and what you had mentioned with bit of a le- with bit of a legend drawing the rail, the, the post draw on a half mile track is always so important, and that's just going to make the race this much better. 
Well, that's the thing, Pete, and I'll tell you what, uh, you know, looking at this race, uh, I mean, this is a pretty deep race. I mean, it doesn't only go wiggle it, jiggle it, and the rest. I mean, this isn't, you know, Wiggles and Company. I mean, you've got some established superstars in this particular race. You've got six millionaires out of eight. Uh, You've got all bets off. Dr. Butch has uh, been down the road. He's been through the wars. Sunfire Blue Chip, I think, is a horse that is capable at any given opportunity. Uh, You know, PH Supercam is a great horse. Whether he can uh, make any noise from post state or not i don't know but i mean you've got a good deep field here um that uh, i don't think they're just going to hand it over to wiggles here um i'm i'm hoping that you're 100 percent correct i mean you'd have to expect that jordan stratton will try to push off the rail a little bit with a bit of a legend and i expect all bets off is going to try to fire also and that's what makes the race a little interesting at the start i don't think they're just going to let him cross over to the lead and walk around the track i think you're going to see it be contested um, a lot of times in these big races, the action is early. Uh, if they bow down to wiggle it, jiggle it early, and they just let them get loose on the lead, I'm, I'm kind of afraid nobody's going to want to look them up too soon, and it's going to be a little hard to catch them with pretty short straightaways and pretty sweeping turns here at Saratoga. But uh, the way that the post truck came out, and like you said, the quality of the field and, and what you're looking at and the quality of the drivers that are coming up this weekend, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an event. It's going to be a very interesting race. Yeah, Pete, historically, Saratoga has been one of the faster half-mile ovals. Uh, First of all, what is the track record, and could you see it falling this weekend? The track record is 148-4 by Dancing Yankee, actually, two years ago in the Garrity. Um, The the track is is very fast. Like I said, the dimensions are – it sets up for speed. It kind of plays like the jug with the wide turns and the short straightaways. We also need to give a lot of credit to our track superintendent, Adam Barger. The the man does a phenomenal job here keeping this track in great shape no matter the weather, no matter the time of the year. The, the, The track is always fantastic. He does a wonderful job for us. Visiting with uh, the race secretary at Saratoga, Pete Iovino. Pete, it's uh, not only is that going to be a great race, but you've got a solid card to boot. Tell us a little bit about the card and uh, how good it is, because from top to bottom, it looks like a really competitive good day, good night of racing. Well, I'm very excited about the card. We have two New York Sire stakes that are going for around ninety thousand apiece. I'm excited to see Missile J. He's one of the definitely one of the better uh, New York Sire stake three-year-old Cole Pacers trained by Linda Toscano. Um, the rest of the card is, is, is like a few open handicaps and winners over, and I would really like to thank the trainers who have horses not only in the Garrity but in other races to bring along horses to help us fill up those opens and make those opens extremely competitive. They deserve credit, you know, lending a hand and making this night is what it is. You know, it's very important that when a track has a couple of big nights a year that, that these trainers are compliant and they bring their horses and, and they're more than willing to enter them in the box and help us out and, ma- and make the night what it is. Everybody has a hand in everything that's going on. All right, Pete. Listen, before we let you go, um, I think we should introduce you to a little bit to the uh, to our listeners. Uh, and I had a chance to first meet you when I was filling in at Freehold uh, a couple of years back, and uh, you were the assistant under Karen, who, by the way, is going to kill me because she has not been on the show before, and you Uh-oh. made it to the show before she did. So uh, you know that that could be a little dicey there. But uh, Pete, talk a little bit about your your involvement, your your growing up in the business, and the kind of your background. Well, my growing up in the business started early. My family owned horses that raced mostly at Yonkers and Monticello, and uh, I've been around the horses since I'm very young, and I I just had a passion for it. This is something that kind of just gets into your blood or it doesn't, and and, and I just fell in love with it at a young age. I always knew it was something that I wanted to be involved in, and I was fortunate enough in 1997, it's almost 20 years now, to get hired by the Daily Racing Forum, uh, doing some chart calling and doing some program editing and things like that, and then over the years, uh, things have kind of just 
grown as they went along, and uh, I couldn't be happier and with with, uh, with with being exactly in the position that I'm in. It's 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 a nice spot to be. Not too many people are fortunate enough to be able to you know really wake up in the morning, enjoy coming to work, and, and really enjoy doing what they do. And, and I feel very fortunate and blessed in that uh, in that respect. Yeah. I think that's a lot of us in, in racing, Pete. I mean, you either love the business or you're not in the business. There's, it's, you know, it's either one of the two. And, uh, you know, you made the transition up there to Saratoga. How was that? How was the move, the transition for you? Oh, fantastic. You know what? I, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I spent a lot of time in city life. And, and up here is, is a nice change of pace. The thoroughbred track's opening tomorrow, so it's opening weekend for them also. So the town's going to be buzzing for the next six weeks. It's, it's, it really is a beautiful place to be. There's, there's a lot of things to do. It's, it's, it's a nice set. I, I really, really like it up here. It's very nice. All right. Football season's coming up. Who's your team? Oh, I'm a giant fan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on it's, that it's either, note, it's either we win gonna... the Super Bowl or we don't make the playoffs. So, you know. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what, go ahead, Mike. You, you know what? At least you're not a New England fan like I am, Pete. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Are you a Patriots fan, Mike? Is that what you said? I'm a, I, I'm a New England fan, but I'm not a Tom Brady fan. So if that, if that helps, well, I at all. That that might be one of the most interesting things I've actually ever heard. See, I, even though I'm a Yankee fan, I'm from New York. We're not supposed to like New England or Boston. I actually I I actually like Tom Brady a lot, and and the Patriots allowed us to win two Super Bowls, so I really don't hold a grudge against your team at all. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, buddy, we appreciate you joining us. We're really looking forward to the program Saturday. It's going to be fantastic. You put together a, a hell of a card up there, and we're certainly looking forward to it, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and thanks so much for having me on. And you guys do a fantastic job, and keep up the good work. We need we need guys like you and in this business, and and it's very refreshing. And I really appreciate everything that you guys do. All right, thank you, my friend. You got it, Mike. Take care. All right, that was the one and only Pete Iavino, the racing secretary at Saratoga. And uh, Mike, he's a he's a great guy. He's a uh, you know, a very hard worker. He's done a lot of different things in this industry. And uh, like I said, I had a chance to meet him at Freehold when I was filling in there. And uh, he was the assistant race secretary there working for the racing forum, doing chart comments, doing all kinds of different things. And it's good to see a guy like that, uh, you know, get up there to Saratoga in this, uh, you know, race secretaries, I'll tell you, it's, it's a very, very tough job and i had a chance to work in the race office at hazel park i uh do once a week here at harris philadelphia and uh, i'll tell you what these race secretaries they've got a very fine line that they have to walk each and every day to try to you know not only make horsemen happy but try to put the best gambling product out there that they possibly can and trying to make a lot of different people happy and, and mike you know that's that's tough yeah no it's it's, it's not easy and uh you know, I give it to the race secretaries. They do a hell of a job. And, uh, I tell you, Pete did a fantastic job putting this race together. Yeah, it's a great card. And actually, there's some great harness racing coming up. We'll uh, take a look at that uh, towards the end of the program. We've got the Adios, uh, like we said, 12 entrants, a couple of different divisions. And uh, we've also got the uh, the Zweig uh, coming up at uh, Vernon. Uh, $300,000 trot, and that's a Sunday, and that's a fantastic card. So we'll take a look at that as well. We've got lots uh, to come. Our good friend Darren Gagne is going to, uh, or had a chance to talk to Jim Marino, who just picked up his 2000th driving win uh, this past week, and uh, that is coming up next. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. 
Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action at Running Aces. On Saturday night, July 16th, the three-year-old pacing gelding Fire Drake took the Dan Patch feature for pacing Colts and Geldings in a new lifetime mark of 155-2 with trainer driver Nick Rowland in the bike. The Dan Patch Phillies and Mares featured pace went to American Dancer with Luke Plano driving in a lifetime best of 155. In the $15,000 three-year-old Minnesota-sired pace, it was Stucky Dode also posting a new lifetime mark, 155-2, in his eighth lifetime win, and it was win number 2,000 for his driver, Jim Marino. Nick Rowland had a big night on Saturday with a grand slam, four wins on the program. On Sunday, July 17th, the $7,500 three-year-old gelding trot went postward, and Mr. Jackpot returned to his winning form by posting his first win of the year in a 159-3 lifetime best with driver Dean McGee. $7,500 three-year-old Philly trot was dominated by the favorite Bombshell Betty, who posted her fourth win of the year in a new mark of two minutes and one-fifth with Jim Marino. The $13,000 Sunday featured open pace for horses and geldings was a thrilling contest with lots of action throughout, and when the dust settled at the wire, it was dry ice with Steve Wiseman in the bike just putting ahead in front of I'm an Athlete with Jim Marino in a 153 flat mile. It was the sixth win of the year for dry ice, who's also trained by Steve Wiseman. On Tuesday night, July 19th, Dewey did done good. 
He did done good again, winning another one in the $9,000 Class A Minnesota Sire two-year-old pace in a 157-flat lifetime mark with Dean McGee. Liquors Quicker with Luke Plano on the bike posted his first lifetime win in the two-year-old trotting event, $15,000 race in 205. Mucho Macho Man also graduated with his first lifetime win in two minutes flat with Ryan Lems in the sulky in the $6,000 Class B two-year-old pace. Part-time Lady took the $11,000 Mayor's Open Handicap pace with Luke Plano driving 154 flat the winning time. Fire Drake was back at it again with a fantastic performance, uh, winning in 154 flat, another new lifetime mark, winner by eight lengths, with again trainer driver Nick Rowland in the sulky. And our first $5,000 guaranteed late pick four for Tuesday nights went postward as well, and it paid very nicely to multiple winners, $746.70 for the 50-cent tickets. And the odds in the sequence were four to five favorites in both the first two legs, then a 16-to-1 in leg three, and 14-to-1 long shot to close it out in leg number four. We'll be guaranteeing $5,000 on the Tuesday night 50-cent late pick fours for the rest of the season at Running Aces. Darren Gagne here at Running Aces, and joining me on the show today is a trainer driver Jim Marino, who just posted his 2,000th career driving win on Saturday night here at Running Aces, and he's closing in on $11 million in career purse earnings. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your 2,000th win on Saturday night. How did it feel to get that accomplishment? Well, yeah, it feels like I've been uh, driving for a long time. No, uh, it was it was a lot of fun to get it down here at, at Running Aces. Um, it was uh, a nice steak colt, stucky dope. And uh, uh, the funny part is I got my 1,000th win in the United States also, in Cal Expo in 2009. So it was nice to get that out of the way. Great. Now, we'd also like to congratulate Jim because he had another big accomplishment recently. He, just a couple of weeks ago, Jim participated in the Western Canada Regional Drivers' Championships at Century Downs in Alberta, and he finished second. He had the lead for a while. looked like he was going to win it. The last race, he wound up getting beat, but he finished a very respectable second, and he qualified for the national championships in October at Western Fair Raceway. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about the experience in the Drivers' Championship Tournament at Century. Those tournaments are always a lot of fun. I mean, of course, there's some luck involved with, uh, you know, randomly selecting which horses you get to drive. But, yeah, I almost pulled it off, and the top two qualified for the Canadian Finals in Ontario in October. And, hey, if I can uh, if I can pull one win off there, then I'll represent my country in the World Championships. That would be really cool, and we're certainly going to be pulling for you on that, Jim. All right, now, we want to hear about your start in harness racing. How did you get your start in this great game? Well, uh, uncles of mine had a dude ranch for children in British Columbia, and it, so it's like a summer camp for kids, and you go there and ride horses, and I've been going there, and, and they also had standardbreds that they raced, so I just, from there on, that's all I ever did. So you wanted. started out like grooming and that kind of oh, thing? Oh, for and sure, you got to start out. Yeah, you started out at the bottom, mucking out the stalls, right? Yeah, on weekends. So did you ever think that, uh, you know, a few years down the road, you'd be sitting here today with 2,000 wins and $11 million in purses? Yeah, I never really thought it out that far. I just knew it's what I wanted to do. And, and then, you just know, knew it was what you loved doing and I then to be just around horses ran day. with it. Yeah. All right, do you have a favorite horse that you've uh, dealt with over the years, either trained or driven? Sure do. I had a little mare named Judge's Ace in the Hole. I had her in my barn for nine years, and she made just over 300000 Nice. And I just retired her, and had, she had her first baby this, this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so I bet you'd be wanting to get one of those babies in mm -hmm. your 
Is that going to be in your? your oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Very good. So we look forward to that. Now, Jim, you were involved in a serious racing accident very early last year in 2015. It left you in the hospital for like 42 days. Can you tell us a little bit about that and about your recovery and your return to the track? Yeah, it was it was a freak accident, you know, and uh, and I got you know my horse fell and I got ran over and uh, I broke a lot of bones and you had to do a lot of surgeries and. I wasn't prepared really for how, what it took uh, to, for the recovery, and um, yeah, it was a long time recovery, and you know, I had, I had, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to ever race again or if I would be physically able to, but you know, uh, a lot of people helped me along the way, and, and you know, I was off, I was only off six seven months of racing, and uh, I'm glad to be back and racing at a competitive level like I am. Here at Running Aces. Well, we're glad you're back, and we're glad you're here at Running Aces, and and, and it's another testament to uh, I, I've read some of the things about uh, you know the 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 horsemen really rallied around you when you were w down from that accident. They sure did, and uh, you know when something like that happens to somebody, just to just to know that people you know rally and, and care and help you out, that really helps you through the recovery process. Absolutely, and it's a testament to, to harness racing in general. When something happens in harness racing, everybody really rallies together and uh, does what needs to be done to take care of the harness racing community. Now, this is your first season coming here to Minnesota Racing at Running Aces. What are your impressions of the whole experience of racing here? Can we look forward to seeing you back here in the future? Definitely you'll see me back in the future. This is a first-class racing facility. Management's treated me well. All the, There's a bunch of great drivers here that... I read uh, over $100 million in purses they've made lifetime, the top regular drivers here. So, I mean, there's a great driving colony. It's a good product. I like racing here. I like watching it. So well, we like having you here, and we're glad to, to count you among our top drivers here at Running Aces this season. And uh, listen, finally, we want to know where will Jim Marino fans find you competing this fall and winter after the Running Aces meet is completed? Well, I'm going to head home back to British, British Columbia, Canada where I got some young horses ready to race, and we got track there in Fraser Downs. And so you'll be back at Fraser Downs this I winter? Sure will. So they'll be able to watch and wager on you at Fraser Downs this coming winter. Well, I want to thank you, Jim, for taking your time to talk to me today on the show. We wish you, uh, we wish you lots of continued success in the future, and we hope to see you back here at Running Aces. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Okay. And coming up this weekend at Running Aces on Saturday, the three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacers Class A going for $9,000 will feature Stucky Dote looking to defend his win last week against American Dancer, Freedom Reigns, Cruisin' Coco, Swagosaurus Rex, and Fancy Lil Mama. In the three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pace Class B for $6,000, it will be headlined by Syrax with Brian Deachin and U.S. General W.A. Mann with driver Steve Wiseman. The $12,000 Open Handicap Trot on Saturday night will headline the program with Banker Volo back in action looking for his seventh win of the year in eight starts with Nick Rowland in the sulky. His chief challengers will be Margin Call with Rick McGee and Flame On with Dean McGee plus five more talented trotters throwing their hat into the ring for battle. On Sunday, the $15,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old trot will send a field of eight to post, including headliners The Winning Dollar, Bombshell Betty, and Margins Echo, plus Mr. Jackpot, fresh off his first win of the year. The $12,000 Open Handicap pays for horses and geldings on Sunday night looks like another exciting contest with last week's winner, Dry Ice, looking to repeat, but facing 
strong competition in Jasmanian Devil. I'm an athlete in Buddy's Hope, plus a new shooter in the field, Dashpoint Hanover. Fresh in from Alberta to name a few of the top contenders in the 8-horse contest. Post times at Running Aces on Saturday and Sunday, 6 p.m. Central. Tuesday night, post time is 7 p.m. Central. And starting this coming Wednesday, July 27th, we add Wednesday night live racing with a 7 p.m. Central post. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and uh, we certainly appreciate all of our guests taking time out of their busy schedule to join us. Uh, trainer Ron Adams uh, talked about Lady Shadow, and uh, I think he was kind of in awe of that big effort uh, that she displayed last Saturday at the goal in uh, the Golden Girls at the Meadowlands. Maria Buchanan joined us. Uh, we were talking about racing under saddle. Amanda Jackson filled us in on what's going on at the Shenandoah and Virginia Harness Racing. Uh, certainly a new lead on life for the uh, Virginia Harness Horsemen with uh, Shenandoah Downs getting ready to start in September. Pete Iavino, the racing secretary, we certainly appreciate him joining us from Saratoga. He's got a big card coming up. Uh, featured uh, the Garrity with uh, Wiggle and Jiggle It. That's coming up on Saturday night. And, of course, we just heard from Darren Gagne in his Running Aces segment uh, with Jim Marino, who uh, just picked up his 2000th driving win this past week in Running Aces. Uh, Mike, are you ready to go through this week in harness racing? Yeah, let's take a quick look at what's going on uh, around the country. All right, the Meadows has got the Delvin Miller Adios Elimination, uh, and uh, there's 12 horses in that per, uh, particular. Uh, they're, they're spread out over two eliminations, two divisions, and Ron Burke's got a total of six of the 12. But uh, I think the horse that may be putting a little bit of a kink in his plans is uh, Racing Hill. But we'll talk about that. But I do want to talk about, Mike, real quick, uh, a couple of the races uh, leading up to that. The very first race, is uh, a PA Sire Stakes action for three-year-old Philly. It is the first of two divisions of the Ramola Hanover. And uh, in the first division, you've got uh, only a field of five, but you have the rematch that I had a chance to see last week, uh, Mike. Uh, newborn Sassy against Call Me Queen B. Call Me Queen B was able to circle around a tiring Yankee moonshine uh, past the half, who's also in that race and have the lead. But Newborn Sassy was shuffled a little bit, was able to get free up the inside and just out nod Call Me Queen B. In that particular race 
Yeah, you know, this race sets up interestingly, if you ask me. You know, you've got, she's a smoking lady who threw the inside and didn't get the best trip at Harris last time out, Mike. Uh, lost to Pure Country and I said Diamond. Call me Queen Bee. Was definitely sharp for post four. It's a uh, it's a small field, but it's full of strong contenders. Yeah, it certainly is. Second time Lasix two on Kiss Me on the Beach. Dave Miller picks up the drive for the first time on that three year old filly. Andy had five winners today, including two of the uh, Pennsylvania Sire uh, uh, series uh, that uh, we had. Uh, the two year old. I'm trying to think. It was an action boy. It seemed like it was like 20 hours ago. The two year old filly Pacers were in action today. Had a couple of good miles there. Um, in the fourth race, uh, Mike, and you're going to see why. As you scroll down to the fourth race, why I actually brought this series up uh, is because Pure Country is back in action. She uh, drew the uh, pylons there, 15 of 18, 5 of 8. She's really turning it up now. She's uh, coming into a three-year-old filly, maybe after a couple of disappointing uh, performances there uh, in uh, the uh, last part of May and the early part of June. But she has really turned it around. She's won four straight. Uh, she looks fantastic. She, 51 and 1 under wraps last week at Harris Philly. And uh, I guess Darlin on the beach uh, is their main threat from the outside. These two uh, probably are set up for quite a rivalry, Mike, going forward. Listen, I got to say, I know Pure Country is uh, is your baby, but she gets beat tonight or t- on Dar- that night. Darlin on the beach is qualified very, very well, coming off of a uh, a heart problem in the Lynch final at Pocono Downs. And, uh, Darlin' on the Beach came back just as strong as ever. I got to think Darlin' on the Beach is going to be the real deal uh, against this field. I said Diamond kind of surprised me last week. Uh, closing oh, the four, four. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. She came home to finish second with I said Diamonds and uh, finished in 26-4. and four. So I got to think I said Diamond got a shot, but I think it's going to be Darlin' on the Beach over pure country. Somebody has hacked into your frequency. They're not playing Pokemon Go, are they? No. no. <laughs> right. Moving right along, uh, race number eight. Uh, and, yeah, that's a good point, by the way. And uh, we broke that here in post time with Mike and Mike about uh, uh, the uh, AFib situation that Darlin on the beach uh, went through last uh, time out at Pocono in that stakes final. She was bet down to $1.70 on the dollar. And, uh, Nancy, you're asking me, and we were trying to put this show together, and you were asking me what other name that you thought of, and I just figured it out. It was Nancy Johansson. That was uh, one of the people that we were thinking about bringing on, but maybe it's the next week or so. We'll get her on the program. A fantastic interview, fantastic trainer. Uh, the uh, Adios Elimination, Mike, race number eight, $25,000 is the person. We talked about Burke having six in here. Uh, not six in one race, but uh, three in uh, bo- either elimination. And uh, Racing Hill is obviously the one to beat. Just miscontrolled the moment in Mike, what was a thrilling Meadowlands pace finish last time out. No, it definitely was a thrilling Meadowlands pace. Uh, Racing Hill just missing over control the moment. This actually set up set up to be uh probably the easier of the two eliminations if you ask me. Uh check six draws the outside. You got Ryan Snyder who finished a disappointing fifth in the Meadowlands pace, but you know, with no slaps went one excuse me, went one forty nine and one um stolen glimpse with coming out of the New York Sire Stakes. Uh I, I gotta think five to one's a little bit of a uh, over or excuse me, a little bit of an underlay there. But I think it's this race here is between uh, Check Six and uh, Racing Hill. Yeah, certainly. Lion Snyder's got a little bit of speed. Probably will show it. But uh, yeah, Check Six got a little bit too far back last time. I actually kind of like that horse uh, a little bit. If you're looking for uh, an upset, Race Nine uh, is the second division. 
of that Adios uh, elimination uh, going for $25,000. And, uh, well, you know, I, I kind of like American Passport. And, by the way, the Tony Alanya barn is just on fire. Um, he had three wins in Stallion Series action yesterday, uh, one with Perplexed. Uh, who's owned by our good friend Mike Apart, owned uh, by, with our good friend Adriano Sorella, paid uh, thirty some dollars, uh, by the way. So the Tony Alanya barn is red hot. American Passports coming off the qualifier. I think this horse has some ability. Uh, he could certainly be a player in here. The morning line favorite is Manhattan Beach. Obviously not a very good trip. It was one hundred and seventy seven to one in the pace, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking uh, let's give American Passport a shot. It's a pretty wide open race actually. It's the tougher of the two eliminations by far. Um, American Passport was a New York Sire Stakes horse uh, last year as a two-year-old race at Buffalo Raceway. And raced well with Buffalo, actually, um, American Passport did. Fernando Hanover is a horse that I'm kind of looking at. Uh, finished off a 20-3 and three final quarter last time out, 153-2. and two. Takes up Tim Tietrich tonight for trainer Ron Burke. This is a horse that hasn't been racing against stakes companies. He's been racing at Pennsylvania All-Stars in the Sire Stakes. Um, big top Hanover. I think if you can get four to one there, Mike, uh, that could that present some value. Yeah, it certainly does. Whenever you have a chance to take value, I think you should uh, take a shot at it, and uh, you know that could be uh, uh, certainly a, an angle there because, and they are eliminations too. I think you have to take that, keep that in mind too. Maybe uh, value is a little bit more. Uh, the way to go, especially in the eliminations more so than the finals. Uh, Mike, real quick, before we wrap this thing up, uh, we talked to uh, Pete Iovino, the race secretary at Saratoga. They have a great card coming up on Saturday. Uh, not only the big race, the Joe Garrity Memorial, but uh, some New York Sire Stakes action. And uh, Mike, I just want to touch on a fifth race real quick because uh, at Saratoga, because Pete made mention of a horse, uh, Linda Toscano trainee, Missile Che, who has just been absolutely on fire um, as is uh, pretty much his whole career is one eight of 13 a very nice horse uh, is obviously the six to five favorite in race five that New York Sire Stakes events going for $89,000 and uh, I don't know Missile J looks good there to me I think uh, from a wagering perspective you just probably want to try to find a price underneath yeah I completely agree Missile J is going to be the uh, is going to be the horse to beat here uh, I mean, Carlos Danger hasn't really done a whole lot from the inside for trainer Lynn Descano. Um, this is just a, from a wagering perspective, this is a tough race. The two best horses drew the outside. I think Missile J is going to take this one going away. And, of course, the big one, the Joe Garrity uh, Jr., it's the eighth annual. Uh, PJ obviously just thrilled uh, getting Wiggle It, Jiggle It uh, up there at Saratoga. $260,000. Uh, they're going for good money up there, Mike. And uh, this is a very solid field of eight, very deep in talent. We talked about six millionaires uh, out of eight in this particular race. And uh, Bit of a Legend is uh, coming off of a little bit uh, of a, a, I guess, a drought, so to speak, a mini drought. I mean, he broke uh, and then qualified back in July after the month-and-a-half layoff, uh, 54 and 2 at Yonkers. Uh, drew the eight, obviously, in that open against Dr. Butch and Sunfire Blue Chip. Uh, you know, really can't take much stock into that race. Obviously, Bit of a Legend has to be in really good form uh, to knock off Wiggle It, Jiggle It. But don't forget, they did dead heat in that Levy, Mike, and that was one of the more uh, entertaining races, certainly, of the season. No, I agree. But, you know, a bit of a legend has been kind of a uh, it's been kind of a disappointment since the Levy, and I, I, I've been really upset and disappointed to see uh, kind of a 
return that this horse has taken. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, trainer Peter Triton has got him back into form. Uh, Wiggly Jigglet draws post number five here tonight, and i got to think that Wiggly Jigglet is going to have to show a little bit of early speed. You've got artistic majors at the inside, but there's not a whole lot of early speed except for Dr. Butch. Dr. Butch does have the opportunity to uh, present a little bit of a speed duel early, um, and there's just not a whole lot of speed in here, Mike. So I got to think Wiggly Jiggly is going to make the top, uh, hopefully pretty easily um, for Montreal's sake. I don't think you'll get the, uh, excuse me, the 29-second uh, first quarter that he got here at Northfield. But I think uh, he, he will definitely uh, cut the fractions and uh, should put in a big mile. Yeah, 32 of 41. I mean, wiggle it, jiggle it. Uh, his his uh, numbers speak for themselves. I don't think we uh, have to give him a whole lot of hype. But I guess the question, Mike, here is that who is going to try to get the trip behind him? And I think you mentioned Dr. Butch. Uh, Tim Tietrick certainly might be trying to. Bit of a legend, obviously, will be trying to. Uh, but here's one thing about Bit of a legend, Mike. If you look at his last four post uh, paramutual races, look at his draws. Nine, seven, eight, and eight. Okay, the last time this horse had a decent post position was post two in the Levy, and that's when he uh, won in 151. So, you know, listen, I mean, obviously health is uh, the issue here, but uh, if there's all guns blazing, he could get a trip. Maybe he can make it interesting. If not, and if it comes wiggle it and bit of a legend, Mike, I guess we're just going to have to settle for a, a short price, huh? No, I, I think uh, you're going to have to settle for the short price in this field. I think uh, wiggle it, jiggle it, win BZ. And, uh, who knows? Maybe a new track record performance. All right. One more race I want to mention real quick before we let everybody go. Race nine is a Philly and Mare Open, and it's a field of seven, and um, it represents some of the horses that were racing in the Golden Girl against Lady Shadow. A couple of them, Double Child, who I kind of liked in the Golden Girls, actually, uh, and Katie said who just had no chance in the Golden Girls. Post 10 with two trailers. At one point, she was 12th. And, Mike, listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, Okay, but if you're 12 to three quarters, that's not a very good proposition. I don't care how long the stretch is. Okay, so I think Katie said uh, has got a chance to rebound here. I really like this uh, double child horse um, who uh, raced fourth in the Golden Girls. I thought this horse uh, represented some value last time at 42 to one. Uh, and uh, that'll certainly be an interesting uh, thing. Godiva Seals, there's uh, been a Philly in there. Uh, queen up there at Saratoga. She is uh, the 3-1 to one favorite. Any thoughts? Or actually the 3-1 to one second choice, the Crispy Apple, who's uh, coming off of a qualifier off a couple of scratch six and uh, close to a month off. Any thoughts on that one? You know, I think Devil Child is going to be the play to go here, Mike. You know, Devil Child has been known to show up against this type of uh, this type of class before. And listen, if you can get 10-1 to one on this horse, I think uh, that'll present some major, major value. Yeah, it's a great card, and uh, we certainly urge everybody, don't forget uh, to keep an eye on it. That's Saturday night. Uh, the Meadows, uh, you've got uh, two divisions of the Adios plus a good card there, and the Joie coming up on Sunday at Vernon. So make sure you check all those out. Great racing uh, coming up this weekend uh, at, at a harness racing track near you. Now, Mike, before we let everybody go, um, prayers out to Dan Charlino, and uh, he was involved in a spill a couple days ago at the Meadows uh, Locked Wheels, it appeared, with uh, Eric 
Erica Delsource, and I think Eric's fine. Uh, Dan's having a couple of procedures done. It's going to be a little bit before he gets back. Uh, so certainly on behalf of all of us here at Post Time, Mike and Mike, Post Time with Mike and Mike, prayers to uh, Dan Charlino and hope for a speedy recovery. We can see him back on the bike soon. And Anthony Napolitano is uh, making his way back, Mike. Uh, he had a spill a few months back at uh, Pocono, and uh, he's worked his way back. So it's good to see Anthony back in the bike and uh, out at uh, Pocono, Mike. Yeah, definitely. It would be good to see them come back from injury. I've seen the Dan Charlino accident. and uh, You know, he's been racing here at Northfield, and, um, you know, it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate, but uh, we hope to have him back real soon. All right. Mike, anything else? No, man, I think that's it. We, uh, we'll come back next week with a first post of 7 o'clock, and uh, we've got a very busy – real quick, actually, i got to see the back. we got a very busy month of August coming up, um, and the big the big – thing that we want everybody to know about we are doing a live remote from hoosier park on a friday august 12th it is the dan patch uh race at hoosier park so we're really excited about that yeah certainly i'll be here at the controls uh because of course uh i'm at harris philadelphia that friday but friday night the dan patch is going on mike carter will be live on site uh hopefully with some interviews and uh just getting the on-track ambiance so carter will be there i'll be here it'll be fantastic plus we've got some other remotes coming up stay tuned uh to uh, our social media uh platforms as well as our website for further information there well on behalf of mike carter it's mike bozich we'll see you once again next thursday with the first post of 7 p.m. Good night, everybody.